Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode seven of Getting Over It, a conversation focused on you and your mental health. I'm Maddie Strauman, and today we're going to be talking about the different ways that school affects your mental health. As always, before I begin, I would like to introduce tonight's guest. He actually was on one of my very first episodes and is rejoining us tonight, and that is Tony Days. Welcome back, Tony. Do you want to start off by just reintroducing yourself to everyone? Thank you for that. Uh, my name is Tony Days. I'm from Maryland, and I am part of an organization slash club at my school um, called Our Minds Matter. It's a mental health club targeting high school and middle school students to have a space, a safe space for everybody to be able to talk about their mental health and what's going on in their lives. And so we collectively, as a group, then go and see how we can make things better for people and give give advice that's, and support. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Um, so as you know, typically I ask like my guest of the week um, what their prior experience with mental health is like. Um, but considering the fact that you were on like a previous episode, everyone kind of already knows that. So I won't ask you to get into that again. And we're just going to jump right into today's topic. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about is the workload that schools give students and how it's kind of unmanageable. Do you have anything to say about that? Definitely. Um, so for me, I would say the workload given to students, um, at least at my school, is quite overwhelming. And if you don't have good study habits to begin with as a freshman, it will progressively get harder, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I would say time management and study habits is something you would have to learn in middle school. And not everybody goes through that. So school is very hard for some people. Right. Um, I would say the workload will be more manageable if um, the school allowed students to study less things in a longer amount of time. Right. Um, where I live and many people I know, me included, will study for something and cram and cram, 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 study for the test, take the test. And after they take the test, they only retain a little bit of information during their long-term, long, long-term memory, and that's not good. Mm -hmm. um, subjects such as math and science build upon each other, so you have to remember the basics and the things that you learned the last year, the previous year, right. for the course you're taking this year, course or subject you're taking this year, next year, and even the following year mm -hmm. to make sense. Um, and so what I would say schools, what I would say for schools to maybe implement year-round school or study courses during the summer so that students can retain their information and not have to deal with so much work. Mm -hmm. You get little, you get less information in a longer period of time. And the more you study, that less information that you're given, the more you'll, you'll, the more you'll understand it in your memory. Right, because your um, workload is, like, spread out, like, over, like, a longer period of time. Right, exactly. So that's what I would say. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that would definitely be really effective um, and just helpful and kind of just, like, help everybody's mental health in general. 
Um, so my other question, um, related to the whole, like, time management thing is me and a bunch of friends that I know and a lot of people who are our age, we all kind of struggle with, like, procrastinating and the whole, like, I, you know, like, time management thing in general, um, because of the workload that we are given by schools. So do you have any, like, tips, um, that you would recommend for people who struggle with, time management, procrastination, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, I use a study system called Active Recall. It helps me retain information for a longer period of time. Um, and the way Active Recall works is you study a certain subject or a certain amount of valuable information for a longer period of time but you space it out mm -hmm. so it's not like you're sitting in a library for three to five hours right. just studying the same thing um and so what i do the way i use active recall is let's say i have 10 math problems i'll take the 10 math problems the first day and i'll do them write them out i'll do the first day third day after five days, after two weeks, so I get a week in between mm -hmm. of the spacing of the previous week, and then et cetera, et cetera. So I'll do like a month or two months right. um, up until I have a final, or a final or a test, a unit test, mm -hmm. whatever test you have. Um, even if you don't have a test, sometimes I just do it for things I read. Right. Um, but it, it helps me retain information during a long-term period Good. so that's the way i study another way for time management i would say is google calendar mm -hmm. if you have access to a computer through your library or through your phone i would say google calendar is very valuable for sure um google calendar is compatible with android and apple i believe and so if you download it on your phone, you'll get a notification, just like you get a text message that will say when your events are coming up, and you can plan your schedule that way. Right. So each each activity you have during the day will pop up on your phone, and you'll see it, mm -hmm. and it'll pop up on your computer as well if you have it on your computer. Um, and so I would say Google Calendar for me is a lifesaver if you don't like using agendas. Right. Um. But I say if you're going the more more of the paper route, agendas work mm -hmm. perfectly fine. Calendars are great because you can write things down and you can always keep it with you. Right. And Another think, thing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think something else that's important to remember, too, is just getting into that habit of, like, writing stuff down. Because, like, I know a lot of people who will, like start in the beginning of the year with writing their assignments down and be really good about it and then after like two weeks they'll just kind of like give up on it and stop and it's just important to stay in that kind of habit of doing the same thing every day because then it'll just be like muscle memory and it's not even like it's not even like you're thinking about writing your assignments down and like planning your stuff out you know right exactly so writing things down is always very important whether you use agenda or google calendar it's always good to write things down Right. That way, you'll have it on in your book, or you'll you'll have it written down, mm -hmm. where you can physically see. Oh, I have to do this today, or oh, I have to do that today. Right. So, 
yeah, that's what I would say. Awesome. Thank you. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about is how um, generally a lot of schools are geared to teach one certain kind of way, if that makes sense. And like if a student doesn't understand a subject or like they're just really like not doing well in a class, they're struggling, it's kind of like, oh, well, study harder, you know, and that's really kind of invalidating and it might not like every student isn't the same, they're all going to learn differently. And that can really have a negative impact on your mental health. So what do you have to say about that? So I would say, I would, I agree with you, not every school, not every teacher is going to fit one specific student's learning style. And I mean, on a teacher's perspective, that's hard because, you know, everybody learns different, every, right. every person is different obviously but as a student i would say um something you could do to help with that would be study groups find people you know that think the same way as you so you can study together mm -hmm. if you're a visual learner maybe find people other people that use colors or visuals drawing stuff out making flow charts or maps that can help you understand and visualize the concept mm -hmm. if you're in um, auditory learning, you could use things that could help you hear. So like somebody asking you a question, flashcards, things of that nature. Right. Um, and if you're neither of those, writing things out, um, just repetition of writing things out. And so I would say that could be helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say the way schools learn is trying to tailor the classroom or the subject to, to, to the majority of students. Right. And so for the students that don't understand the way the teachers are presenting the subject, I would say your I would say the best advice I could give or what I could offer is to figure out which way you learn mm -hmm. because teachers can always help you and understand in which way you learn because they might learn the same way too. Right. And even if they don't, I'm sure they know students or they know other teachers that can learn, that learn the same way you do or that can help you better than they can. Right. Um, and so I would say the way school and the school system is set up is that school teaches you certain things but not all things obviously school can't teach you all things right. but there are certain subjects or certain areas that i think should be taught for mm -hmm. example um like personal finance learning how to budget quantitative literacy things that will help you in the real world real world um as opposed to textbook math right. i think there should be a healthy balance of both so that way you get the both the best of both worlds right. um my junior year i took a quantitative literacy class mm -hmm. so you learned in that class i learned like how to budget how to um write a check how taxes work the stock market things of that nature right where where it's going to be important to learn that in the real world i think that should be implied within school and throughout the school system yeah i totally agree 100 percent um, kind of connecting to that, what, or no, something I wanted to talk about is kind of how school, um, 
how should I say this? School limits you and sets you up for kind of like an everyday job and not something like entrepreneurship. We were kind of talking about this before we started the podcast. Um, and then how like going into something like that is frowned upon. So what do you have um, to say about that? So I would say I would also agree with you once again. For me, I would say the school system is frowned frowned upon entrepreneurship. And now I do want to say going to get a job is not bad. If you love what you do, you shouldn't care what other people think. Right. And so I would say you should pursue your passion no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. For those who are entrepreneurs, for those who may not know what they want to do or they want to create an quote-unquote unorthodox job, something where they can integrate all the different things they want to do, I would say... I would say grade school and even college is not set up for that, um, in my opinion. Um, I think that entrepreneurship is great. It's a way of finding your own path. It's a way of understanding and building within your personal self and knowing, figuring out what you want to do with your life. And so I would say the fact that it's frowned upon is not right. You should give everybody a fair chance to Mm -hmm. figure out what they want to do. And if you still don't know what you want to do, that's okay. Nobody has to understand and know what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I also think that's what college is for. But for those who want to be entrepreneurs, college may not be the best option for you. Right. Because eventually you'll have to pick a major. And even if the major is something like business where you can be entrepreneurial, a majority of the time from what I've seen, you go to college to get a degree and then it sets you up with a job. Right. It doesn't set you up to build a business and it doesn't or it doesn't set you up to do things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the reason the reason I would say it's like that is because um, the stigma of getting a job making six figures seven figures however you want to call it getting a job is quote-unquote seems like the right thing to do right um, because it's what everybody does parents grandparents great-grandparents all of all of their history and all their history within the world follows the set of getting a job going to school getting a job or going to school going to college right getting a job and so sometimes college may not be the best answer and for those who don't think college is the best answer and they don't think the military is the best answer there should be a path where they can create what they dream of their dream their dream goal or their dream job everyday things where it's not an orthodox job such as the lawyer or engineer Mm -hmm. and there's nothing see i don't want to give the impression that there's something wrong with being a lawyer or engineer or musician there's nothing wrong with that if you love what you do right but if you don't know if you don't know what you want to do with your life, entrepreneurship should be something or figuring out what you want to do. And, and topics such as entrepreneurship shouldn't be frowned upon. I think they should be encouraged. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So in light of the whole topic of college, um, mental health, I want to talk about the SAT and the ACT and kind of how like these test scores have a 
big, big, big effect on whether or not you get accepted into a college. Because like I know people who will have 4.0 in school and will get like a 23 on the ACT and then not get accepted into the school that they wanted to get into because their ACT was a little bit too low. And um, again, like that's kind of just really invalidating and it's just kind of telling us all that like one test score defines you. And that can also have a big impact on your mental health and your confidence. I think confidence is a big key when you're like becoming an adult, like you need to be confident in what you're doing, where you're going. And I think this is something that really um, doesn't doesn't help that. So what do you like, do you have anything to add um, about about that? Yeah, I do definitely. Um... I would say your ACT scores and your SAT scores don't define you as a person. Just like whether you go to college or whether you don't go to college, it doesn't define your cognitive ability to be able to understand and process things. Mm-hmm. So like it doesn't define how smart you are. You could be a genius, be really smart on paper because you study and you work hard, but it doesn't mean you're smart in all things. Um, and vice versa you could not have the best grades or not show your ass mark on paper but you could be really smart in other things everybody is smart in different things a test such as the act score and the sat score they're standardized tests because it tests everything um a high schooler would learn Mm -hmm. in one test but i don't think that those tests define how smart you are just like there there are plenty of people who will graduate high school or they'll drop out of high school and they're very smart and very capable of understanding the how the world works and building themselves to success Mm -hmm. um and so there are other people that will go to college and they're not capable of doing that same thing so i would say things such as the act score and the sat score doesn't define how smart you are it doesn't define how you're gonna do in the do in the real world and so Mm -hmm. i would say you shouldn't let a test define you right if you if you think that college is your goal it would be important to do your best because those are required or they were required Mm -hmm. but if even if you don't know what you want to do, I think you should do your best at everything, first off. But I would say if you get a score that is good for you, and if you think the score is good, you shouldn't let it define you. And do your best not to let it bring you down, because you know how smart you are. Right. You may have had a bad day or something may have happened, mm-hmm. regardless that all being said, a test such as the ACT and the SAT shouldn't shouldn't be able to track how capable you are succeeding in an environment right. such as college or or whatever you whatever you choose to be your environment to, to succeed. Right, and I know that's especially like like a struggle for people like who have super bad testing anxiety and who aren't the best test takers, but like who have like better grades. So I think something that like really helped amongst all of this like COVID stuff this year is that a lot of the schools went test optional. And I think that's personally something that should stay even after COVID is like kind of like settled down and done because I think that gives 
um, college is a chance to, like, look more into you as a person, like, what you did, like, like, your, your GPA, what you did to get your grades, stuff like that, rather than just, like, seeing, oh, they got this and this on their ACT, we're not even gonna look at their GPA, their grades, stuff, or extracurriculars, whatnot. So I think that's something that should, um, kind of stay in place. I think that would be a huge relief on students our age, and I think it would, um, have a little bit of a positive effect on all of our mental health. It would be just, yeah, like a relief. Um, would you agree? Yes, I would 100% agree. Okay, and then finally, the last thing I wanted to talk about today is, you know how there are, this kind of starts in elementary school, there, there you'll have like your math class, but then you'll have your kids who are a little bit better than math, and then they go off with another teacher, and they do like more advanced math stuff. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that and how that leads into competition when you get into middle school and high school. And then you like comparing yourself to others, like if you like whether or not you are in those like advanced accelerated like math, English, science, history courses. Um, so do you have either like any stories like from your personal life about that or like do you have anything to say about that topic in general? Um, yeah, definitely. So. I'm a musician. I play music. I play violin, piano. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like to look into subjects such as political science and things of that nature. Right. Um, so specifically for me in the music field, music is very, very, very competitive. Um, it's one of the most cutthroat industries you could take part in because it's very black and white. You're either good enough or you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And some people will put themselves to put themselves through un- immeasurable pain just to be the best or just to get in and then not be the best. Right. And so I think it's better to be okay or be good at some things, but you don't always have to be the best. Right. You're good at a lot of things. It means you can always improve mm-hmm. once you're the best. What room for improvement do you have? What room to grow do you have besides being um, at a higher level, for me, higher level orchestra? Right. Um, something to think about, something I think about all the time is there is always somebody better than you. Mm-hmm. Always somebody who's going to know more than you. And that should sure serve as human motivation to try and be better, try and be the best version of yourself, not as condescending um movements to say that you're not good enough right competition in school wise um for example let's take the ivy league schools some of the best schools in the country in the world for that matter i would say competition at those schools just to be at a top school but not be the best mm-hmm. shows there's room for improvement because you're already at a good school right so you can improve already at one of the top schools in the world mm-hmm but I would say, yeah, I would say whatever you want, you will have to work for it. That's something I always grew up learning. Right? Something that I was always told, mm-hmm. you have to work for what you want, but you don't always have to be the best. Right. The world or whatever you want to do is always going to be competitive. Right. Always going to be competitive, and there's always going to be somebody who maybe knows more than you. Mm-hmm. But 
and then maybe it's better or something to you, but you have to be the best version of yourself and you have to understand yourself for other people to understand you and see a light in you and think that you're the best fit for whatever you want to do. Right. Exactly. Um, in terms of other fields such as medicine or law, it requires the same amount, um, same, not necessarily the same amount of work. It's the same competitiveness, but you shouldn't put yourself through any sort of physical pain or mental stress, stressing your body just for, just for one thing, I think. Right. And so. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's something that's super important to remember because this is something that we've been like taught. So I don't know, at least for me, this is something that I've kind of like grown up with since like at least middle school, you know, like I remember in my sixth grade math class, I was, we had three levels of math. We had like our first, like our just like regular, like sixth grade math that like every sixth grader should have been in. And then we had a level above that. That was our advanced math class. They were working on stuff that like seventh graders were working on. And then we had a level above that that was called an accelerated math class. And they were working on stuff that eighth graders were working on. And I was in the accelerated math class. And I know the first day of school, my math teacher of that class came in and was like, well, thank God you guys are in this class because you are going to get in the best colleges. And if you are in any class below this, then you're not going to go to a good school or college at all. And for me, as someone who really like college has been a goal for me, that really had a terrible terrible effect on my mental health. I was 11 years old and I was staying up until 2, 3, 4 a.m. studying for tests and doing homework and making sure all my work is perfect because I wanted to be the best and I wanted to go to these like great colleges and I was so scared of failing. So I definitely think that that is something to keep in mind like that it's okay to not like as long as you're doing your best like it's okay to not be like 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 better than everyone else, you know, like like you were saying. I totally agree. Um, to put it in context of school, there could be when you look at like class levels, there's your regular classes, there's honors, there's A P and there's IB. Mm-hmm. IB is international baccalaureate. Um, if you don't have that at your school, a lot of people equate IB to AP on steroids or AP plus one. Right. It's at it's at quote unquote such a high level where where you're learning college level credits uh, uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. So it's higher than AP. Um, I would say there are people who do that program and will stress themselves out twenty four seven all four years of high school and they will be stressed a hundred percent and that's not good for your mental health it's not good for your physical health it's not good for the people around you and so like i said before you don't always have to be the absolute best um i mean i'm a type a person i love to be the best i don't like being second best right something i've realized is being the best at something 100% 100% of the time means means that once you find somebody better than you, it's either going to be one, or two, one of two things, motivational or heartbreaking. 
Mm-hmm. If you're 100% the best at everything all the time, no matter what you do, it might be heartbreaking because you're not used to not doing the best. You're not used to not being the best. Right. If you've been okay and you've been progressing and you've been working and you get to be the best, you know the process, you know the story, you know how not being the best feels. Mm-hmm. And so I would say hard work and whatever you do and consistency will always help but you don't always have to be the best. Right. Exactly. I totally agree. All right. That's all we have time for today. Thank you again, Tony, for joining us. And thank you to everyone listening. Uh, Make sure you come back next Friday for episode eight. And to all of you struggling with mental health, I just want you to remember that you're cared for, you're loved, you're valid, and you are not alone. Most importantly, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that you can do it. Thank you so much and come back next week.